what do you recommend guys do in the off season to stay sharp and get ready for next season? Uh, once again, probably just, you know, maintenance on the decoys, your equipment, make sure everything's nice and fresh. Um, you know, for us too, if you know the areas that are going to be consistent again, work on blinds, make sure the brush is good as it can be. Um, or just probably having areas that you know you're going to cut, uh, your brush and your material <clears throat> closer once it gets about August, September, right before season starts. Um, and then if you're just getting into duck calling or goose calling, um, you know, just put that call in your truck, your car, wherever, and practice it. That way you're not bugging your friends or your wife or kids or whoever else. You're just you and yourself in there and just practice, practice, practice so you get those those certain calls down. And just, uh, you know, you get wrapped up in summer activities and other things, but, you know, the more homework and the more scouting and preparing you can do in the summer when it's, those birds and those ducks aren't in that hole. Maybe, uh, you know, there's an area that they're liking the land, but it's real difficult as far as the hide or cover. You know, go there in the summer and take a machete or a weed whacker and cut it all down and make a little homemade blind, shift blind there with old hog panels or just, you know, some burlap or something to get it ready so that when the season comes, too, that that natural vegetation will grow up around your blind and it looks supernatural. Therefore, you don't have to do so much work when it comes to season. Yeah, and and I want to go back to the calling thing because, you know, I know a lot of guys, it, I mean, it does. It takes a lot of practice, and I, I'm better at calling in coyotes with uh, with with uh, either howls and yips and barks or a, a wounded rabbit, but... Uh, than I am calling in ducks. But, uh, you know, I know the way that I got decent at that was by practicing. And largely how I practiced is I would go watch YouTube videos of professional callers. And then I would literally sit there and watch the video, pause it, and then try to mimic the sounds that they're creating. And just by practice and then, you know, getting out in the field and, and actually deploying that practice and seeing it work in action I think it, it helps you build confidence. And I think most importantly, that's really the key is just, ha- you know, that's a largely what calling really is more than anything. It's just having the confidence to know that you're making the right sounds, you're doing the right things. Uh, and then from there with experience, when you're actually out in the field and you're watching the ducks and you're seeing how they react and how they behave, that's only going to further that confidence once you see it work. And then before you know it, you're, you're a pretty good caller. So um, you know, that's, there's some great, great tips and great, uh, great advice. Definitely blinds are, a, a thing. You definitely want to plan it. I know here, uh, in Wisconsin, we do a lot of whitetail deer hunting too. And right. You're, you're always planning. There's always something to do in the spring and the summer and getting ready for it. And the same with duck hunting or any type of hunting, you just got to be ready for it and, and, uh, get out there. So I appreciate that. Uh, Bo, what would you say to inspire those listeners who maybe had a rough year this year? Man, number one is just don't get discouraged. It's hunting. I, I just got phone with some other guys this year in Colorado that have been having a very difficult time goose hunting. Um, and these are some outfitters that I know that are pretty solid. But, you know, every year is a different year. Every year hatches are different. Uh, weather patterns change the migration. So, just look forward to next year. I mean, if you went out and just had bangers every time, it wouldn't be that challenging or that fun. So just keep your head up and just look forward to next year and be prepared as you can. 
and then maybe stretch out your area. If you're only, you know, I go to this one reservoir, be like, you know what, I'm going to go drive the next, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, a little bit farther east, west, north, or south, and scout a different area. Maybe I'm going to put that on the map and give it a, some time. You know, if it's, oh, uh, the closest spot is really where you like to go, just be like, well, next year I'm going to dedicate, you know, two or three weekends to that area and see what I can do. Um, because even in our business, you know, when I'm duck hunting, I scout probably a solid 50 miles um, up and down the river to just figure out where the birds are. Um, and any given year, they you know, it changes. Conditions change. So just stick with it, and persistence pays off. Awesome, man. Greetings, everyone. Eric Wilkes here, and I have on the line with me uh, Bo Davis from Bo's Outdoors out in Northeast Colorado. Bo, what would you see out in Colorado this last couple weeks? Man, um, we actually had one hell of a hunt. It was probably beyond the top two or three hunts of my life. Um, we got we still got birds here. The weather's been nice, but this particular day with clients, uh, it got windy and snowy. And they were out feeding in the corn, and every single duck that went out and fed came back up the river. And for probably three to four hours straight, we had birds anywhere from 20 to 150 doing it um, for three hours straight. We we shot 30 greenheads in a matter of probably 45 minutes. And uh, we ended up, clients left, me and the guide stayed, we shot ours, and then also filmed for another hour and a half, taking stills and just filming, and it was absolutely incredible. So that right there just proves, I mean, now we've got weather here this week, it's going to be in the 50s and sunny, and it's not going to be very conducive, but right place, right day, scouting, and with weather, um, it came together. So we still got birds, but with the warmer weather, um they're really really they're definitely getting a little more savvy um the mallards i've been traveling up and down the river on a slower day if they're in their pairs singles um small bunches they're not really super responsive to the call so therefore it's more about location and just if they're interested really soft quacks and just maybe some feeder calls to get their attention because otherwise, um, you know, it being January, they're really getting smart at this time of year. So if we can get on weather, we've still been hitting them, and we've been having some really good hunts, but it's been really weather dependent. Sure, sure, yeah. But that that sounds awesome. I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun, and it's always great. But that's what keeps us coming back too, right? You, you get that one day, and it makes your whole year, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, that's why I hunt is for that one day. So. That's awesome. Sounds like a great time. You know, to have that too, though, not only, but have clients in there, you know, when you do it for a living and they're paying you and it's my business and right, they're staying at the lodge and you're trying to create an experience of a lifetime and it happens. You just, you just got to thank God. I mean, it was, it was honestly one of the most epic hunts I've had. And I've been waterfowl hunting since I was five years old, about to be 40. And to see that and experience and then just have clients see it, uh, it was a special. It was special. That's pretty good. Well, that, that's my my next question, and I you probably have already answered it. But looking back at this season, what's been your favorite moment so far? 
<laughs> that was it, hands down. <laughs> I, <figured. laughs> I mean, I'm not the Eric. There was probably we probably seen seven, eight thousand mallards in a matter of two and a half hours. Wow! And out of those seven, eight thousand mallards, six thousand of them were trying to come to the decoys That's in waves. Wow! Consistently for two and a half, three hours. It was absolutely something special and we're talking you know we're hunting on a river that's like the sucker's probably at max 25 yards wide (laughs) so they were getting in there and they were doing it and it was just and where we're at is 99.9 percent mallards and the amount of greenheads that were there i mean we picked off we shot 30 greenheads with zero hesitation and yeah, it was special. That was just one of those that was special. Wow. Yeah, that's that that that's pretty neat. And uh, and and I know you, know, you hunt with dogs. What's the importance of that uh, in in your neck of the woods hunting along the river? Yeah, as we discussed, it's pretty critical for me, especially on that day when we have uh, you know a bigger group in the blind. Um, when you're knocking down five, six, seven birds. If you're lucky, you had to go. It's critical to have those dogs. Um, once, you know, being on the river, they're they're steady to shot. But when you get on the river, you know, a little bit of that training goes out the window because you really want them hitting the water hard to get those ducks that are going down river. Mm-hmm. So being to have a good dog that will sit there and just not waver, and especially wait till the shot goes off at least. So. You know, my dog is trained, even if those birds are landing in the decoys, even at 15 feet, they're going to sit there. You know, they're tempted to break, but even my little two-year-old, you know, he knows through training um, not to go till the shot. Well, having two dogs mark those birds, especially going down river, really saves me a lot um, of just legwork and frustration because probably as any other hunter, I can't stand losing birds. You know, I like to, once we knock them down, get our birds that we harvest, um, just being ethical on that. So having a dog be able to retrieve your game um, is huge. Um, in my professional hunting career, I've never not had a dog. It's my leading expert, but I run Yellow Labs because I do a lot of waterfowl and upland. And I run both dogs on either side of the blinds. Outside of the blinds, we're really brushed up and then... Just have those dogs mark and get those birds, especially because if you get cripples or on the river, you know, not all of them are just going to be dead. So being able to have that dog get those ones that are trying to swim away, um, you know, is really helpful. Or if they get one, then go down river and shoot a cripple, have them retrieve that one right to your hand and then send them on the next one rapidly. Uh, It just puts more birds in your bag. Uh, especially with pheasant hunting for us for upland too as well as right if you get a wounded or a crippled bird to have them uh, track that thing down in the grass or the cover and not lose it um, that's how they earn their keep with me yeah no i mean they're and and i'm the same way i i got my first hunting dog uh gosh he's six years six years old now and he's a german short hair and i'll tell you um, i did a lot of upland hunting when i lived in arizona uh and living out there uh same deal right whether you're duck hunting whether you're uh upland hunting it's it's almost vital to to have a dog especially in those high brush areas a lot of times you shoot a bird you shoot a 
you shoot a pheasant or a chucker or if you shoot uh, a lot of, of out west where I hunted, we hunted wild quail and it's a smaller bird and those those you shoot them on the side of a mountain and they roll and <laughs> they're crippled. Good luck. You just they just blend in so well. Uh, it's really important to have those dogs and have those noses uh, for for upland and the same the same for ducks. You know, a lot of what we did uh, out there was along the river as well, uh, and out there the the rivers move a little bit swifter and because of flash flooding, snow melt and all these other factors, the the water levels fluctuate and a lot of times they can fluctuate very very quickly, almost like a tide coming in. I've seen it go up three four feet before, in a matter of minutes. And when you're shooting ducks and you're dealing with that swifter current, it's very, very important to have a dog to make sure they can retrieve them before they're just gone and disappear. Like you said, it's really pretty crazy how fast it can happen, too, if you're not paying attention. So having those dogs mark them is is essential to retrieving your game. Um, what do you what do you and we're kind of moving into this dog uh, related you know, content moving forward over the next couple of weeks. But what do you look for in a good dog food? Oh, to be honest, I'm uh, terrible about that. I really, um, I just go with what my dogs are happy with. Um, I've had a dog, too, that had bad ear infections. Mm -hmm. Uh, My one lab, Hemi, and I tried all kinds of different foods. And a lot of the ones that are just focused on the, like the rice and, uh, um, pure meat and, you know, less in, ingredients in it, a lot more healthy stuff like the gluten free stuff. Um, and he was still getting them. So, you know, that's just an acute illness. I think he's got, he's really susceptible to him. Otherwise, I just roll with Purina. I mean, that pro plan stuff is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just kind of your budget and kind of what you want to, you know, what you're comfortable in spending and what it is. Cause each dog on my example here is a little bit different. I, I literally tried probably eight, nine different foods there and was, you know, solid about months at a time trying that food. And he was still having these, um, just ear infections. So, uh, I think it's kind of, you know, the big ones are that Purina Pro Plan that's pretty solid, and Yukonuba's really coming on strong. They're doing a lot of campaigns and making good dog food. Uh, to me, personally, I think it's really just what works for you, because you can spend a lot of money on some dog food um, pretty quickly there. Yeah. Um, and depending, you know, if you've got a bunch, right, you know, that bill can get pretty hefty. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you have more than one dog, it can it can really go up pretty quick. And and especially during the season, because they're typically eating a little bit more uh, just to help with recovery and things like that. So, you know, it really is um, uh, important. And, you know, I appreciate the feedback. So, uh, Bo, once again, sincerely appreciate your time and and sharing with our fans and the people that follow us. We we greatly appreciate you having you here. And I know the season's kind of winding down um, duck season and goose season at any rate, but how do people go out and connect with you? How do they book a hunt with you? Yeah, check me out at com, or you can email me at bowsoutdoors at gmail.com or feel free to call me at 720-320-2313. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You can check out videos and pictures from our hunts. And if you got any questions or inquiries, uh, feel free to contact me either way. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, Bo. Appreciate it. And thanks everyone for listening in and we'll see you on the next episode. Sounds good.